The date is a very sunny Thursday the 5th of April. I'm Jason England and welcome to Learn Something, the official podcast at NewRiseMedia.com where I consume your brain space with weird and wonderful facts that you've probably never heard before. Now on today's show, I go into exactly where the hell I've been over the past couple of weeks. <laughs> Sorry for the radio silence on my end. And also, this week marks the 45th anniversary of the first mobile phone call ever being made. So it feels apt to do a show all about the history of the mobile phone and also look at the future of the mobile phone with special thanks to GifGaff for looking into the his- looking into the future and doing some really, really in-depth interviews. You'll, take, you'll see the full video of what they did on my blog at newrisemedia.com. Let's get on with the show. It's going to be a belter, I'm sure of it. And so question one, where have I been? Well, the podcast I do, I record it every Thursday on the day and I do all the research behind it and I make sure I get everything together, ready to go and it takes me quite a bit of time to be able to produce this for you guys. Unfortunately, life got in the way. (laughs) Um, So it's been an extremely busy couple of weeks at work and luckily I've managed to find some time now to do this for you. Um, And not just that, but I've been enjoying my time off as well. Like I've been to London with my girlfriend. We went to see Fallout Boy at the arena. They were really good fun. Kind of took me back to my emo childish days. Um, And I've also been working on my stream, twitch.tv slash emotion engineer. Really good one. I I like to think. Um, I have my friends on there. We just basically play retro PS2 games and PS1 games. It's always good fun when you whip out the retro classics as well. I always find it good fun. Um, and beyond that, it's just been hard working on the blog, newrisemedia.com, and so many other things. But now things are starting to settle down a bit and things are starting to kind of get back in order if that's the way to explain it so now i have just this little bit of time to get back onto this so without further ado here is the history or the curious history that you've probably never heard before of the mobile phone And so we kick off all the way back in April 3rd, 1973, when a guy called Martin Cooper created, unveiled the prototype for the first ever mobile phone, Motorola's Dynatac 8000X. On this day in 1973, the world's first phone call was ever made to a public audience and really blew the minds of everybody in the room who saw it. Marty Cooper of Motorola made this first ever phone call on a prototype and this prototype 
Here, here are the stats. It weighed 1.1 kilograms, was over 22 centimeters long, and offered 20 minutes of talk time and took 10 hours to charge. Do you think you've got problems with your lack of fast charging? And it only became commercially available a decade later in 1983. And that's where the story of the mobile phone begins. And just from one, in the early 1980s, the consultants McKinsey & Co. were hired by AT&T to forecast the growth in the mobile market until the end of the millennium. Take a wild guess how many devices they expected to be sold and how big this market would be. You got a number in your mind? You're probably very wrong. Given this is probably like the mother of lowball predictions when they projected a world market of 900,000 by the year 2000. And you can see where things actually were at the time. It's pretty crazy, isn't it? And then came the battle to actually give the mobile phone more of a battery life, as you heard from before. The talk time was around about 20 minutes and the battery life uh, was dismal <coughs> by those stats. So how could they make it longer? Well, they didn't think about like making the call time and the battery consumption of said phone calls more efficient. They just made the battery bigger. Up to 20 kilograms of battery was sometimes put in these devices. And that's where, in 1982, Nokia released the world's first car phone, the Mobira Senator, a car phone that weighed almost 10 kilograms. It resembled a large radio rather than a conventional mobile phone. And then further from that, they wanted to make it portable as well. So not just like a suitcase that you put in the car and leave in there, but to actually do more with it. So in 1985, you saw the emergence of shoulder phones. So what is this exactly? Well, you had a phone on the cord and it was basically a satchel that you wore around your neck. The problem was they operated with more than 20 kilograms worth of batteries, which is why they probably never, ever, 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 ever caught on. Next, we move to my birth year. 1990 and we look at the introduction of 2G technology. So by the late 1980s and early 90s, carriers began transitioning to the 2G digital networks. These networks provided high quality calls, were more secure, and there were variations on the 2G networks which offered faster data speeds and clearer calls, which still exist today, especially around like more commercialized areas because obviously when signal goes down you need a backup and that's where your 2G comes in. They were also important because they were they allowed you to transmit data and more importantly and more pertinent to the case of the mobile phone as we know it today allow you to send text messages. More on that later. And it was really between 1990 and the year 2000 when things really started picking up this is what i would call the decade of firsts you had the first call placed on a commercial global standard for mobile phone 
the otherwise known as GSM, on the 1st of July 1991, by the Governor of the Bank of Finland, Harry Holkerai. In 1992, you had the first GSM phone, the Nokia 101. In 1993, you had the first touchscreen phone, the IBM Simon personal communicator. Didn't really go that far, but still, the thought was out there. 1994, you had the introduction of Bluetooth, invented by the Swedes Sven Mattison and Jap Hartson while working for Ericsson. It was given an official introduction in 1998, but still, it was there. Also in 1994, you had the introduction of what's known as the Short Message Service, or SMS, or the text messages, many of you know it, which enabled short texts to be exchanged between mobiles, and that kind of transformed things for the market from then on. Then you move forward to 1996, where you had the first smartphone, Nokia's 9000 communicator, it may have weighed a hefty 397 grams, had just 8 megabytes of memory and a monochrome display, but this beast was the first smartphone. A far cry from today's units, the 9000 communicator looked like a regular mobile phone from the front until it flipped open to reveal a second screen and a quota keyboard. And then you also had the first flip phone, which was Motorola's StarTac. Didn't have much of a display on it, had more of like a calculator display on it. But it was one of the first fashion phones, combining a lightweight and comp compact frame with its basic phone features. Despite launching over a decade ago, StarTac is smaller and lighter than many current mobile phones and smartphones. After this, of course, you had the world's first camera phone, which was launched in the year 2000. Which phone was this? It was Sharp's JSH04. Available on the JPhone network in Japan, the Salong device featured an integrated 110,000 pixel CMOS image sensor and a 256 color display. So, not a fantastic camera, but just a great first step on the innovation trail. And then from the year 2000 to 2010 was when you had, let's call it, the decade of smartphones. When things really moved from this dumb phone and just simple phone call text kind of device and into the realm of being a fully smart, fully capable computer in your pocket. So in the year 2002, we got the first BlackBerry mobile phone, the 5810. Previously, Rimmer produced database organizers that handled email and organizer features, but lacked phone capabilities. The 5810 simply added the mobile phone to Rim's existing feature set, and though it lacked a speaker and a microphone and therefore needed to use a headset to operate, it was massively popular and showed that the audience would, showed that the consumer was ready for something a bit smarter than just your standard phone. Even though at the same time, Fashion phones were kind of really hitting their peak, as in the year 2004, Motorola released the Razer. With a super slim design, slick lines, and customizable color schemes, this hot little number eventually moved more than 110 million units, as well as spawning a million variants. A V3 Black for the Academy Awards, the Miami Ink Edition, the Dolce & Gabbana Special Edition, and of course, 
the product red edition sponsored by Oprah and Bono. The Razer was the phone to have with a VGA camera, a 2.2 inch 176 by 220 pixel internal screen, Bluetooth and 10 megabytes of memory. It was often referred to as the iPod of mobile phones for the way it took over the mobile landscape, even appearing in an episode of Lost. That's a fun one for you there. But things were not to end well for the flip phones and for the stylish designer phones. When in 2007, you know what's coming, Apple introduced the iPhone. It originally launched in the US. This iconic iPhone really started to take over the planet and start to change what people expected from a mobile phone. And of course, more custom, more composition followed when in 2009, in the Australian market, there was the first Google Android phone. But of course, you also had many more Android phones around the world that kind of started appearing from the end of 2007 onwards. And the rest, as they say, is history. And so I record this last segment and give you a question, dear reader. What do you think the future of the mobile phone will be? At this point in time, the smartphone has become quite the slow-moving appliance in that everybody has the same in terms of hardware design. There isn't really that much variation between the products. It's very simply just kind of a lifeline and a connection to the rest of the world that is pretty similar regardless of whether you're on Android, iOS, Windows Phone, Palm OS, whichever one you're on. Shout out to the Palm OS people. It'll be Web OS people. Um, but the two key trends that seem to have come out of GifGaf's research and interviews with experts from the likes of Samsung and Sony is 5G networking and eSIMs. So 5G, as you've heard from my previous podcasts and also my coverage of CES, is sure to be around about 10 gigabytes a second at its theoretical limit, which is insane. So look forward to downloading that very same HD film in a little under six seconds compared to five or 10 minutes it'll take on a 4G network. But it isn't a huge step. It's just another one in the evolution of the phone. Things will always get faster. And that is what makes this area of the industry extremely exciting for me. And most of the experts say that eSIMs will replace normal SIM cards in the next five years. So what's an eSIM? Well, what you have in your phone in the moment is, no matter how big or small it is, a SIM card that you can just pop out and pop into another phone. And that's basically your number and your account, essentially. But eSIMs are simple. Basically, it gets rid of the plastic of it. So it is simply a digital tag of your number. So you transfer to another phone and everything is remotely moved over onto that phone. 
which makes things a lot more convenient. Doesn't mean you have to deal with making sure you buy the right size SIM card and insert it in the correct way and makes things a lot simpler for people to operate. So check out GiftGaff's pretty amazing video from the Mobile World Conference that inter interviews many of these industry's leading experts on what the future of mobile tech will be. And you can find it on the blog about this podcast on newrisingmedia.com. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is it. Thank you all so much for listening. Now, all of your support means the world to me. And here's what you could do to help the podcast in the future. If you're listening to me on Anchor, do favourite the show. Favourite? Jesus, what is wrong with my voice today? Do favourite the show. Uh, do call in if you have any thoughts about what I could do and any other topic ideas you have. Or if you just want to have a general nerdy chat about tech or geek culture in general. I will broadcast your voice to the rest of the audience and I will respond personally. So do feel free to do so. If you're listening to me on a podcast service, if you've not subscribed yet, thank you for giving me a go, whether you're listening to me in your car or on a commute or on your walk. It means the world to me that you would take the time to do so. If you enjoyed it, please do subscribe and rate five stars and reviews. Every single bit of that helps bump up my podcast in the search results. So all of that will make the whole huge amount of difference. And on that note, don't forget to check out the blog on newrisingmedia.com, my Twitch stream, twitch.tv slash emotionengineer if you enjoy retro gaming. And I will see you next week. Take care. Bye.